This is The Culture Cult on Sin with Bex and Maria. As you know, our show celebrates a love of Middle Eastern and European culture, art and music. But we also like to use this special platform to profile culturally diverse artists living in Australia. Right now, we are lucky enough to be joined by a young creator who has swiftly established a name for himself in the online YouTube community through a series of detailed animated sketches on topics relating to childhood, friendship, first kisses, and even sleep paralysis. There's surely a lot of imagination inside Sultan, so let's sit down with him now and get into his head. What a um, beautiful intro. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for gassing me up like that. Uh, And thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is The Culture Cult. Um, I'm Bex, and I'm joined by Sultan of Sultan Sketches. Hello. (laughs) A largely, predominantly online YouTube-based artist. So let's take it back to sketching, drawing, where it all began for you. I understand that you've always sort of enjoyed sketching. What prompted you to take it to the online world? Yeah, so uh, I love drawing as much as the next kid. It wasn't really like a specific thing. I didn't know I wanted to do art in the future. Um, But it's kind of a weird story. My brother took me to a gaming shop and there was this game that was based around anime and I bought it, took it home and it didn't work. And I was like, damn, $20 gone down the drain. So (laughs) I didn't want to waste it. So I went and Googled what it was. I wanted to find out what this anime thing was. And I fell down the hole of anything like pop culture. And I just haven't come back from that. And then (laughs) um, two years ago, I was just on YouTube and I saw someone drawing, doing similar stuff that I do, except he was making it about his uh, past experiences. He was uh, showcasing his um, life in a way that brought inspiration and motivation to people. And I thought, that's cool. I want to do that. And I started and I haven't looked back since. Wow. Yeah. So prior to discovering that stuff online, that particular artist, were you always sort of sketching? Did you have a notebook next to you at all times? Or was it something that you just kind of came back to randomly? Yeah, so I did always have a sketchbook with me. Um, I stopped once I finished high school and started university, which oddly enough was like the time that I was probably the most sad. <laughs> like I, It's probably connected, you know, when you just stop something that you love And then all of a sudden I just came back to it. And um, yeah, so it was, I've always been sketching. There was a period when I did stop. Yeah, no, I love it. So I've, I've never, yeah, I never thought I would make a job out of it. And I'm still shocked (laughs) that I've made a job out of it. So um, a lot of those, you talk about those sad or challenging times in your life. A lot of the events you talk about in your sketches relate to childhood, a lot of high school experiences, still those formative young adult experiences we go through. Was there a particular time that made these moments so memorable and why do you choose to express them in the sketches? So um, I knew I wanted to tell life stories and the reason I focus on my school years and my high school years is because I think about when I was in those times and if I had someone to kind of walk me through it and explain to me that you know you're not alone when these things happen and to give me advice like yes this happens but that's life you know and just like how to grow and so I use my past experiences as a way to kind of be (laughs) it might sound like a little vain but like to be a mentor to 
to kids who might be going through the same thing. I don't think any of my stories are anything special. I don't think they're something that, you know, look at this, this happened to me, it doesn't happen to anyone else. No, it's stories that happen every day. And so I try to make it as um, engaging, entertaining and inspirational as possible um, because I'm just, I would love for people to grow and learn from my past and my mistakes So when you say that you want to be a mentor to younger people, is that sort of your demographic, your audience? Yes, absolutely. So my demographic would probably be from about uh, ages 10 to 14, I would say, maybe even a bit younger than that. So I I know my audience and I try to cater my subjects around those age groups, yes. Yeah, we can all relate to being a bit older, looking back on our childhood or our teenage years and wanting that mentor, that guidance. Yeah, exactly. Someone sort of on our shoulder. Hmm. It's going to be okay. We need that encouragement um, sometimes. And in hindsight, sometimes things aren't so bad, but when you're going through them as a young person with not a lot of experience behind you, it can be really daunting and really overwhelming. Yes, yeah. So I exactly what you said, that's how I felt back then when certain like events and traumas were happening. Um, so uh, that's why I felt like I've always been in love with YouTube. It's a platform that literally, you know, pick and choose your mentor kind of thing. And so when I was thinking about starting like content and sharing on a platform, there was no question it had to be YouTube. And, uh, yeah, I, I love what I'm doing so far and I can't wait to see what's next. You are listening to The Culture Cult on Sin. We're talking with Sultan, a young content creator from the channel Sultan Sketches. Artists or YouTube creators that you follow that inspired you particularly? Uh, Yeah, so um, the one that... So what I do is under the category Storytime Animation, which whether something is animation or not is entirely... um, subjective to people there's certain definitions people agree with and don't agree with but I do fall under that category uh, and it is a genre and a niche that I wasn't aware of Uh, I only became aware of it after I watched um, a man called the odd ones out who I think he's at like 11 million now maybe he's a pretty big boy Um, and it was only after watching his stuff that I've found out about this whole family really they are really like a family um and yeah, it was only after that that I became aware of the audience. So I'm eternally grateful to him. But if you ask me who like my inspiration is, it would the, I think the only force that pushes me to grow and improve is myself. I always want to prove it to myself more yeah, than right. to others. Yeah. Um, I'm inspired by how far I've come, and um, yeah, I just want to. I just want to shove it in past Sultan's face. Like, look, you did do it, you know? (laughs) Is it kind of a message to your younger self? Absolutely. Because I remember when I was 14, drawing my little comics and stuff, even though I loved it, I was aware that in Australia, and this was me before I had done any research, so don't quote me on this, but (laughs) when I was 14, I believed that the that it was difficult to get into that kind of work in Australia, you know, like anime and manga and comics. I... I believed if you weren't in Japan or if you weren't in America, it would be near impossible to do right. it, to make anything out of what I was doing. Um, and it was sort of dark. And I've talked about this in a previous video. I was drawing and drawing and I was improving, improving. But at one point I asked, for what? 
I can't make this a job. I can't make this a career. And I think that was when I stopped for like a year or two drawing. Um, so I think as I'm improving and as I'm creating more content, as I'm growing, it, I'm just kind of like still pointing back at my old self, like, look, you did do it, you know, shut up. <laughs> you should have tried back then. You need that inner voice yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So you mentioned Japan, America, a lot of these regions where anime, manga, a lot of big styles are really popular. And you also doubted at times that this could be ongoing work, a job, possibly a career. Yeah. So what made that goal closer to home for you? Um, so I've, I think when, if you grew up with, when YouTube first began, everyone at one point had a dream of like, I want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. And, uh, I definitely went through that. It was just a quick, like few months I was like, oh, I should do this. And I never did it. And then I've also been like, oh, I've always wanted to make my own cartoon or anime. And then that too, I was like, you know, that can't happen. And it was only after I saw the, um, the odd ones out, I realized, oh, what if I just tried to do the two at once? You know, if what if I tried to do anime on YouTube or like cartoons on YouTube? And YouTube is this amazing platform where anyone can do it. Anyone can join. Anyone can do whatever they want. Anyone can change it whenever they want. And so I think that appealed to me the most because I really did have nothing to lose. It really was a a win-win kind of scenario. So, yes, it did... It di- I didn't think it would work as well as it did, but I... So when I first began, I didn't think this would be a career. I just sort of saw it as a hobby or maybe a side hustle. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad it uh, picked up. Yeah. And I guess when you say you've got nothing to lose, it's not like applying for a job. Exactly. Waiting for feedback, rejection, acceptance. Yes. Just putting it out there. Yeah. So I, rejection is like one of my top t- top ten fears. I I cannot stand rejection. So um, you did know. Did you not, have a video about that? Uh, maybe. One? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You did. <laughs> no. So that one was about tomatoes. But <laughs> the second. <laughs> Two top totally th- fears. <laughs> so the second fear, yeah, definitely rejection, and I think a lot of people don't. Um, don't apply for jobs or don't pursue a certain career pathway because they're scared of failure. And I totally get it. Mm. I totally get it. I'm still like that. Um, and so YouTube, I, I guess there is a way of, I, I wouldn't say failing, but you really don't have anything to lose by starting something that you genuinely think is a good idea. You know, I read a quote somewhere that said, if you think something is a good idea, a genuine good idea, don't ever let idiots tell you not to pursue it and even though rejection you know I'm still scared of it I'm still scared of something falling apart or something not working or you know a path that I choose being told no I'm of course I'm scared of it but I wouldn't be here I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't taken that first step taking that leaps often the hardest step yeah that's some good advice for younger Sultan and <laughs> our younger audience out there as well. Make that leap. Ciao, Bella. Dovremmo ascoltare a Culture Cult con Becca Maria. You are listening to The Culture Cult on Sin. We're talking with Sultan, a young content creator from the channel Sultan Sketches. And I want to talk about that channel a bit closely now. Of course. So being online, having an online presence, naturally follow account, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you've amassed quite a number of followers now. 
I won't make you reveal how many, but it is quite significant. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, it is a large number. <laughs> yeah. When you are an online creator, or your creative works are expressed online, how closely do you monitor the follower count? And to you, is that a marker of success? This is a difficult question because I think when most creators start out. That is what they're thinking, and um, to sit here and say I didn't think that, I would be lying. So most creators, when they do start out YouTube, they heavily link success and numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, views, followers, um, likes, likes, clicks. retweets, yeah, everything. Um, which is it makes sense that they think that, of course. But after a while, you get to a point where you realize that they are completely not related. Um, I remember. I I made a video, I think about a year ago, um, which is now like my highest video. I think it has almost 4 million views. And um, a a video I posted uh, not too long ago, it didn't do as well. I think it had less than a million. That was kind of when I realized success isn't through numbers because when I look at the video that didn't do as well, I I love it. (laughs) I love that video. I think it's a lot better than the one that did. Um, succeed. And um, it was, you know, I see a lot of creators that have such high numbers, but I don't think their content is uh, greater than someone with less numbers. Um, And a lot of people will say that's unfair and that's not right. But um, that's, I think that's just a reminder that success isn't linked through numbers. Um, You asked me if I keep track of it. I do <laughs> a lot, maybe like once every hour I will check my numbers, but that's a, I think that's more of like a business thing. You know, you want to see what videos did well and how you can improve and stuff like that. But um, I no longer link my success with numbers and I'm so happy <laughs> that I've done that because I'm a lot happier now with my content and stuff. Do you have to separate in your mind and in your practice business thinking sultan from creative sultan do you think they would ever influence well they definitely they Mm. do influence each other sometimes i'll see a video did well and i want to make a video on a similar topic but when that happens i will think of what i want to make and i will make sure it's something i still want to make even Mm. though it's still running through the business sultan mindset yeah right um is it sort of a way of checking yourself like keeping yourself accountable that you're not just making content for clicks potentially. Yes, yes. So when I first began, I wrote down like if I was to get big, make sure I don't become a specific type of person, you know, someone who uh, doesn't put in effort, tries to uh, almost rig the system so that I will post as much with as little as possible and still have like the most amount of attention. attention yes. Yeah. Uh, and I made, when I first began and I was still learning and my quality was horrible, <laughs> absolutely horrible, I made a mental note to make sure that I would always try to improve, I would always try to get better, and I would never settle. So even though I know like certain types of videos will do well, as they are, I always try to improve them. And I think that might just be like a perfectionist mindset or um, ambition. Either way, I'm, I'm happy that I've got that mindset. Sounds like you've created a set of values to stick to. So you 
can check in with yourself and yes, and your content there. Yeah, I think it's important to have um, certain values and morals uh, with any job or any hobby that you're in. Um, just to keep yourself in check and to to keep your priorities in check, it's always nice to just like remember why you're doing what you're doing and what you want to accomplish from this. Some people tend to forget that along the way. They will uh, work and work and work, and then all of a sudden they're working towards the wrong thing, mm. and that's because they didn't, you know, keep themselves in check. So I think that's really important for anyone doing anything really. You talk about the online community, and for someone like myself, I'm not. I'm not a YouTuber. I don't really know much about that world. But let's talk about their role and their interactions with you. So you've got your followers, obviously. Do they give you feedback on your work? Do you take it on board? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I th- I know everyone says this, but I think my followers are the best. They just, they tell me how it is. You know, if they like something, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Um, and I take criticism very seriously. Uh, and I'm always looking to improve. So anytime I'll get some feedback, I'll double check myself all the time. No, yeah, I think it's really good to have a, a, a follower base that genuinely cares about your content, you know, um, and I'm lucky to be blessed with that. Do you find their followers, they are fellow designers, animators, creators themselves, or are they critiquing, like, the content side of things or more the, the technical side, like the drawing and how it's actually created? So um, it's funny you mention that because I think what it is is the technical side, when I get feedback for that, is usually by designers or artists or people mm-hmm. in the same field. However, people who... Um, critique the actual stories themselves are usually children or people who aren't really in that field you know they are like unhappy with how a story went or something like that so it, it is very and obviously I can't account for every follower that I have I don't know what exactly who they are and what they are doing any feedback is good feedback to me it's always interesting to hear what other people have to say about my content. Some of those followers you got to meet in real life. I did. I was down there as well. I am one of your fans. <laughs> yes, you did come. So you organised a meetup, I think they're called. Like yes. A, so it's when some of the online community, they meet up in a physical place that's not on the internet yep. and you get a chance to interact with them. So you organised that and quite a good turnout, I must say. Yeah, it was a lot uh, bigger than I expected. So what had happened was me and a few other YouTube friends were meant to just grab dinner. And I said to them, hey, why don't we invite everyone? <laughs> and they were like, that's a horrible idea, Sultan. Let's do it. So um, I think it was to celebrate a milestone of mine. I wanted to just have like a little meetup in Melbourne. Um, we'd never done one before. Everyone I was with had never done one before. So we kind of winged it. <laughs> uh, we didn't expect that many people to show up. I was baffled and um, I think I was on my feet for like six hours straight, just running back and forth, trying to meet everyone. So just for context, you were expecting maybe like a dozen, 20, 30 people to show up? Yeah, it's impossible. It was impossible for me to know how many would come purely because... When you invited the invitations (laughs) to everyone in the universe. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Most of my audience is... Um, overseas, you know, I think 50 or 60% is American and then everywhere else is scattered. So Australian, my Australian um, community is pretty small. So you thought 24 million (laughs) instead of 300 million? I did not think that. So I don't know how many people came. I genuinely don't know because I couldn't see everyone. Mm. I was always uh, had my vision blocked. Um, 
But yeah, from I think it went for like five or six hours. It was just me nonstop talking to everyone, and it was amazing. It was one of the best days of my life, just like to meet everyone and to hear that they like actually watch my videos. Like my own brother doesn't watch my videos, and you guys are, and you're not even like related to me. It was it was such a a like it was uh, very heartwarming. It was truly, it, it's days like that that remind me, like, yeah, you love this job. Yeah. Was it overwhelming physically seeing those people in front of you? Absolutely. You, it is difficult to remember that every comment, every like, every, every retweet is a person. You know, there's someone behind that screen. Yes. And so uh, I, I don't really see people as numbers, but when you see them in person, it's like a another reminder so when I was seeing these people every now and then the the voice of my brain was like you know these people watch your stuff and I was like oh yeah that's right like these are the people that I see on my phone and I see on my laptop like yeah on that note though like they're obviously meeting you in real life but I want to talk about identity because for a long time you didn't reveal what you actually look like online Mm -hmm. it was only through the art yes you had an avatar created that represented yourself Mm -hmm. but then eventually you did a face reveal video I did yeah and then now you've gone out and met your fans in real life Mm -hmm. so how is that process from almost being anonymous or being this avatar to revealing Sultan that I'm sitting in front Mm -hmm. of now I never planned to stay anonymous forever I genuinely was I I was I didn't hide my identity I just didn't see it as a necessity to show you know I wanted people to come to my youtube channel solely for my stories and for my art i didn't want people like it's weird to say it but i i genuinely just wanted people to focus on the actual videos themselves and not the person behind it which you know as i continued youtube i realized you know that's not it people they come to watch you you know your personality and your character so after a while I was just like, okay, you know, here's my face. (laughs) It's on the internet. It was a little nerve-wracking at the beginning because so many people were asking for a face reveal and um, I was fine with it. But as soon as I set up the camera, I remembered, I think I had 100,000 followers at the time. And I remember thinking, I'm about to, you know, people have been waiting and anticipating for this. And, you know, like Christmas, like it's a Christmas present. They've been waiting to open it and they're going to open it and be so disappointed. <laughs> but um, I, I did have that mindset. I was like, oh, I'm going to, I might upset and or like disappoint some fans or like just the fact that people are waiting to see what you look like. It was a bit nerve wracking for me, but it was just a speed hump. I'm over it now. And um, now I think I post too many selfies on Instagram. <laughs> Boost that confidence. (laughs) That's really cool. That's a video that perhaps our fans can check out. One of many. How many videos you've made so far that are published? Ooh, that's a good question. I think maybe 27 at at the time of this recording. Yeah, Yeah. about 27. So lots to sift through there. If you want to check them out, it's at Sultan Sketches Mm -hmm. on YouTube. You can also follow him on the gram. <laughs> yes, Instagram and Twitter. Same handle. Yes. And sketches. yes. Nice and consistent. One message that I think is really important to touch on, and you do have quite a positive approach to your work. You posted recently um, on your Instagram about the persistence and value of practicing within all art forms. Yes. So not just sketching, design, but, but all forms of art. 
I think that's an important message to spread to our listeners. So why did you decide to, to share that? So I decided to... So what I had done on Instagram was I posted a screenshot of a video I had made almost two years ago. And then I posted a screenshot of a video I had made a few weeks ago. And just to show the difference in the quality of the art. And the reason I did that was recently I've I've been drawing for about 10 years. Maybe... Eight, eight to ten years and there was a point where I think I reached a plateau and I thought my skill was just not improving you know I was drawing for f- every day I was drawing every day for work and for YouTube and I thought I was looking at my art and I thought this has not improved in years you know I think what I drew three years ago is the same as what I'm drawing today even though I've been practicing and even though I've been working hard and it was very I thought my work hadn't improved at all, despite all my hard work. So it was a little disheartening and disappointing. And it's one of those things that can really demotivate a person. It can really just make them want to give up everything pretty much. And so what I did was I decided to actually go back and look at my work I had done two years ago. And I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked that I I had actually improved without even noticing. Um there's changes, you know, sometimes they're small, sometimes they're big, but I think sometimes when you're practicing a skill or a hobby or anything really, you tend to not see the progress, you know, you tend not to see that all your hard work is not in vain. It's hard to be a bit subjective of your own work as exactly. well. And we tend to be critical of ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think everyone's worst critique is themselves, and I certainly um, am a victim of that. Mm. Um, but I, I, I did it because I was... Pretty much all of my messages are pretty much what I went through that I want to share to the viewers. And I've always been very, very, very critical of my art. And I just reached a point where I thought it wasn't improving. And then I went back and saw it. And I needed to share that message with people because I know a lot of people do think... I get a lot of messages saying, I wish I could draw like you or I wish I could do this like you. And first of all, I think people should get a better inspirator because (laughs) uh, I'm not the best artist. There's a lot of people who are better than me. But, um, you know, when I see messages like that, I'm like, you can do it. You can do it. I'm not even that great. You can be a better artist. Like, just don't ever give up and... This is a bit morbid to say, and just cut me off if it's too morbid to put on, but if you never give up on something, there's only two outcomes. You either get what you want or you die before you get it, you know? Mm. And I think if you live the life trying to get something, I think that's a happy life. I don't think you'll have any regrets. So if you never give up on something, you're going to get it, you know? I wanted to share that with my audience. It's a really positive message um, to finish on. A bit morbid, but yes, overall positive, yes. Taking it back to identity for a sec, you mentioned earlier that there was a phase, like many of us when we were younger, we saw this medium of YouTube emerging and we thought, hey, that would be cool to get myself out there. So in that phase, were you thinking of, you know, doing the style where it's talking to a camera, vlogger style? Yes. So, um... I think I really didn't know what I wanted to do, and that's probably why I never started YouTube in the first place. But um, I, yeah, I did. I never associated it with art. I didn't think it was possible to do because YouTube was very different back then. Um, so I, I think I would have done vlogs or some kind of uh, content like that. Um, I'm almost glad 
I didn't start back then because I might have been demotivated to start recently. Um, but yeah, so I I think the reason I didn't start YouTube back then was because it it was it was very uh, almost looked down upon back then. You know, people didn't take YouTube, and people still don't take YouTube seriously as a career option. What made you choose the animation or the design approach of sharing yourself on YouTube rather than being a vlogger in front of a screen? Back when I wanted to be a YouTuber, when I was like 14 or 15, I really didn't know what content I would be making, and that's probably one of the main reasons I never started making content. Um, I'm almost glad I didn't because uh, that might have been a demotivator for uh, when I started recently doing art. Um, but I, I really don't know what content I would have been making. Probably vlogs. I, I do like sharing stories in a in a um, entertaining uh, in an entertaining way, and uh, so I pro- probably would have tried vlogs, which um, I, I think just aren't as great. I mean, they can be done better than um, you know. It's a bit uh, of a different approach to. To sharing yourself. Yeah, yeah. Makes so, it a bit more unique. Uh, doing a vlog and sharing stories um, and doing a um, so-called animated story, um, they they can both tell stories in different ways. I find the drawing one more appealing because you can make it more cinematic and um, there's room for, like, comedic... You know, it, there's a lot you can work around and I think you can do that with vlogs as well. I'm just more comfortable with the art um, scene. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't do vlogs. I am juggling an idea where it would be like a vlog. And do you remember the very old Lizzie McGuire show? Yes, and she it, kind of has the avatar yes, version of herself. I was thinking of doing videos like that, but um, that's still an idea in progress. Yeah. So we'll see where that leads. We will see. Yeah. If you've just joined us on Culture Cult, we're chatting with Sultan from Sultan Sketches. Don't worry if you've just tuned in because you can always catch up on our podcast. To access it, search on Facebook for Culture Cult on Sin. That's S-Y-N. Or you can get in touch via email, culturecultradio at gmail.com. Sultan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be here.